Okay, you guys, let me ask you a question. Do you struggle to get your weddings featured? Are your wedding submissions constantly being rejected from your dream publications? Does the thought of creating your own submission completely overwhelm you? Well, this is exactly why I created Submission Support, to help wedding photographers and planners just like you. Inside our monthly email membership community is where you'll learn what makes a good submission, how to start thinking like an editor, how to curate your images, and how to submit your next wedding all on your own. I've helped dozens of photographers and planners get featured, and now I get to help you directly in your inbox every month. To learn more, visit submissionsupport.twgna.com and join today. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography and the photo education and coaching site, Tea with Janae. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. I'm super excited about this week's episode because I'm chatting with Lindsay Williams all about putting people over profit. Lindsay and I have a candid chat about how she decided to put her clients over her bottom line, which ultimately helps her business grow. A little bit about Lindsay is that she is a wedding stationer and educator based in Niagara Falls, New York. Through personality-packed content and out-of-this-world customer service, Lindsay has grown her wedding stationery company from 30K to 300K in yearly revenue in just five years. Her goal is to empower wedding professionals to use their own voice and story to create meaningful connections. I'm so excited she's here. This is a wonderful conversation. So let's get started. Let's grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so excited you guys are here. I have a wonderful guest on the line today. Lindsay, can you say hi to everyone? Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Hello, Janae. First of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so excited and grateful for the opportunity to be here. We're going to have so much fun today. I, I'm so happy you're here and you have such good energy. I know we're going to have a great show. Thanks for coming on. Um, I'm excited to talk about this topic. I think it's really important. Uh, we're going to be talking about putting people over profit, you know, and but before we dive in and give all the tea away, let's tell everybody a little bit about you, your company and how you got started. Yes. Thank you so much, Janae. So I'm Lindsay Williams. As Janae just mentioned, I'm a mama to our sweet little guy, Jameson. I'm wife to Ryan, and we all live here in Niagara Falls, New York. I'm also a wedding stationer and educator for wedding professionals. So I started my wedding stationery business about seven years ago, being so unhappy in the corporate world. I think a lot of our listeners are raising their hands that can relate to taking that leap um, from their nine to five in to entrepreneurship. So that's kind of how I got started. It was the best thing I ever did. And I have not looked back since. Um, and I, I got started like a lot of others in our industry did. I started doing friends and family, um, you know, helping them with their wedding. I started doing their invitations. And that was kind of my first taste of, hmm, maybe I can do something like this. Maybe I can start a business doing this. So from there, 
at this time, I was still at my nine to five that I hated. But from there, I started working on the foundation of my business. So on nights and weekends, I would sit on my couch with my laptop and I would be building my website, figuring out my pricing, working on my portfolio, right? All of the things that are kind of the foundation of our business. So I did that for about a year as I was still in my nine to five. Um, Then when I got to a place where I was ready to kind of put what I was working on out into the world, the first thing I did was I signed up for my first bridal show. I got 12 appointments at that show. And then I quit my job two weeks later. So in hindsight, I probably should have waited to see if those appointments closed. But I was just so eager to get started. I knew I had put all these things into place. I trusted myself and I went all in and I quit my job. And here we are today. That's awesome. That's so inspiring. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It was the the best decision I have ever made. Um, So yeah, that's how I got started on my stationary business. Um, That was seven years ago. And now I'm transitioning into coaching other wedding professionals, which has been super fun. So that's kind of where I am today. That's awesome. That's cool. So how, so when you went to this bridal show, like what happened from there? Yes. Okay. So when I went to the bridal show, I had gotten 12 appointments um, and I was so excited to quit my job. And that's kind of the first thing that kicked off starting the business for me. So the growth of the the whole business. So like I said, this happened seven years ago when I started the business and a lot has gone into the growth of my business since then. But basically the whole gist of it, Janae, is I spent those first couple of years just figuring out what worked. Mm -hmm. I tried a lot of different things in terms of marketing and workflow and different vendors, right? And A lot of times I totally failed, but a few of those times they worked. And what I did is when I found something that worked, which for example, bridal shows, right? I found something that worked and I went all in on that. I went hyper-focused on what worked and stopped doing the rest. And that's really how I've grown my business. So the first few years were figuring out what worked, right? And then when I did, it was like throwing fuel on the fire, Janae. So by year five, I had scaled the business from 30K in the first year to 300K in year five, um, which I'm super proud of. We hit that in 2019. Wow. So that was our year five. Yeah. So that's kind of how, how I was able to grow the business. But this growth was absolutely not without growing pain. So as I was grow, as I was figuring out what's wor- what was working, as I was getting new clients and growing the business, the overwhelm would come. I think all of us can relate to that in any industry, in the wedding industry, entrepreneurship in general. So as the business grew, I would get these growing pains and I would be very overwhelmed, very anxious. So I would have to evaluate what I was doing. I would step back. I would set up you know, systems and processes and simplify so that I could free up some of my time to keep scaling the business. And I would take on a few more clients. I would raise my prices. And that's how I slowly kind of climbed up the stairs here. Um, And this would happen every six months or so, right? I would sense a little bit of overwhelm and immediately I would I would nip it in the bud. I say, oh, time to pause. Let's take a look at what we're doing. How can we do this more efficiently? So that's how I was able, I, I it was not just like a steady uphill climb. It was a lot of like climbing, pausing, <laughs> let's figure out how to do this better, and then scale from there. Yeah, I like that you were like intuitive enough to be like, okay, I feel overwhelmed. I feel like things are on top of me. How can I take a pause and and refigure this out so I, that feeling goes away? I I feel like that's such a a key ingredient to growth. You know, like if you just yeah. run yourself ragged, you're going to burn out and you're going to quit. But you, I love that you took the time to figure it out. 
Yeah. And it was absolutely not without, you know, running myself ragged and wanting to quit. Like that's the whole thing that kind of forced me to take a pause. Um, so it, it, it's definitely, you learn that as you grow in your business. So if anyone's listening, like that feels very overwhelmed right now, I think we've all been there. You're totally not alone. I've certainly been there. I had a point where it was just like, you know, tears to mom, totally overwhelmed, like you said, ready to quit. So definitely it was not without that moment, but I've learned to recognize that and to pause before I get, you know, before it gets too overwhelming. Yeah. I love that. And yeah, you know, what we're talking about is putting people over profit. So you went from 30 K to 300 K, you know, how, you know, how are you able to do that? Like, you know, why do you think putting people over profit, you know, has led to your own success? Yeah. So there's so many reasons, I think, why there's a benefit of putting people over to prof- people over profit. So I'll kind of back up and I'll explain exactly what I mean when I say people over profit. So every single decision that I've made in my business has focused on service over profit. So if I have the decision to either serve a customer well or maximizing the profit, I will always go to service. And this has really allowed me to grow my business. Um, So in every decision I made, people over profit, and I've always done this since year one, but I think this this philosophy, I was really, te- I think a lot of us were really tested during the pandemic. This is this came up so many times for me. And I constantly had to check myself like, okay, I'm faced with this, this decision. Am I going to serve my client or am I going to protect my profits? Right. Because a lot of us struggle during the pandemic. We really needed to, to, you know, save the money that was coming in to make as much as we could. Um, so things like, and for for reference, I do wedding stationery. So in the pandemic, this was a lot of like reprints, right? Or constant changes or postponements or cancellations. So there were situations that we never had to deal with before. And sometimes we're faced with these decisions, right? Do we stick to our contracts that were made before the pandemic, right? And a lot of these situations, like we never even thought possible, which if you got to stick to your contract, like nothing wrong with that. That's why we have those in place. Um, Or there were times when we had to kind of bend the rules a little bit. So that's just an example of how this philosophy has really come into play this year. But um, and, and I want to also preface this, like to anyone listening, as we talk about this, I don't want you going out of business doing this. Okay. <laughs> We're going to be talking more in this episode about different ways to put people over profit, different ways to serve that doesn't necessarily cost a lot of money that maybe cost more of the, the time aspect. So we'll dive into all of that, but I want to preface that. I want you to know your numbers and I want you to stay on top of what you can realistically do, right? But keep the concept of people over profit in your mind as we chat today and as we make as you make decisions in your business moving forward. Yeah. So I just wanted to preface that, but <laughs> because yeah, no. I... Sorry, I keep cutting you off. We're all about keeping people in business here and keeping them profitable. Yes, Yes, exactly. So we're going to talk about like how I did this in the early years of my business when I really, I needed to like, you know, make a profit to grow the business. Right. And then I'll talk about how I could transition into definitely like having more funds to be able to serve. So we'll dive into all of that today. I'm so excited. I get get fired up with this topic. So I have so many, (laughs) so many good tips for everybody. So We'll dive into it. But some specific ways that this philosophy has helped me grow my business, I think number one, it just feels good, right? And I don't want you to like discount this or to be like, oh yeah, you know, 
it, it, it rose colored glasses, but it's true. It feels good. And when you serve your clients and when you know you're going above and beyond to take care of them, you have a sense of pride in your work, right? Everything gets more enjoyable, less stressful. You can lay your head at night knowing that you served your clients well. I know that I treat my clients the way that I would want to be treated, fairly, with compassion, with understanding and support. So that's number one. I think it just feels good when you have a positive energy, positive vibe, you're not stressed. I think that's number one. Number two ways that it's helped my business grow is relationship building. So when you build a business on serving your clients, again, the whole experience of working together is more joyful. It's easier. And there's a sense of understanding. So again, a lot of this came up during the pandemic where I try, of course, to make sure everything runs smoothly. I think we all do, but things happen, right? And we're human and things come up that are out of our control. So like this year specifically, I've had a lot of paper on back order, or you know, you might be behind a day or two in production. If you serve your clients well, they're more understanding when things like this show up, right? They're more understanding. It's more of a relationship. So I think that's number two. Um, number three, so this is something that my dad actually has taught me. So my dad's a professor in tourism and hospitality, and a lot of his students go on to work at places that are very much in the experience, um, you know, in the customer experience realm. So they work at places like resorts or Disney or even wedding venues. And something that he's always said that stuck with me as I was growing the business, he would say, the product of your business, Lindsay, is not what you sell. So the product of our business is not invitations. It's not photography. The product of our business is the story that people tell about us after they experience working with us, right? So I want you to really think about that. I want you to think about that, especially in the wedding industry, where so much of our product is the experience, is the experience of the wedding day and beyond. So whether it's the story people tell others, hello referrals, right? Or the story people tell in their own heads, how they remember you, we all remember a certain brand, business, or person based on the good or bad experience they had, right? Yeah, so that's number three that has really helped build the business. It's all about the reputation and the story people tell after they've worked with you. Yeah, there's that famous quote, you know, it's not about how what you did for them, it's how you made them feel. And yeah. I think that's really true. I mean, it's like I'm paraphrasing, but I really agree with that because photography, I mean, you know, if we break it down in its simplest form, like if you're a solid photographer, anyone can take a picture, right? But why you can charge what you charge and work with who you work with is because of you and what you give them and the experience you have with your clients over and over again. And we talk about that a lot on the podcast, but like, it's really important to, to nail your process and your experience and what you're delivering, you know, quote unquote, experience wise to your couples, because that's what they're going to remember you by. And Again, what you said about like referrals, like that's what you want. You want to be in that pool of referrals where they're like, oh, you have to work with Lindsay. She's the best. You know, we have such a great experience with her. Like that's exactly what people say. And I, and I love that these tips are like honing in on that. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. Exactly. And that leads to the last point. Exactly what you said. It's referrals, serving my couples while always putting people over profit. And we'll get into some tangible tips on how to do this, but just the concept of service and, and making sure the, the customer experience is there has led to so many referrals in my business. I have brides five years after the wedding date that remember, they remember that I did this for them, or they remember how I served them well. And I'm top of mind when their friends or family get engaged. So 
that's the last point there of just how this has helped me grow my business. So many reasons to put people over profit. Yeah, I love that. And and I think also maybe we just touch, go back, circle back to, you know, I think it, when the pandemic first hit and everybody was lo- really looking at their contracts, like, oh man, what did I, what did I actually promise? And <laughs> like, what can yeah. I actually do? And yeah. now we've like looked at them with fine tooth combs. Like in the beginning, it wasn't, it was okay. I feel like personally to like make exceptions or like bend your contract a little bit, but I will preface that some people started taking advantage of that, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and you, you have to be, you still have to be a smart business person and like know when to say no. Like, did you experience that? I did. I did. So it was very, and and I made, I don't even want to call it a mistake, but it kind of was, it was the same mistake when this first started, like March, April of 2020, you just want to take care of your clients, right? So you're like, no worries. Don't worry. We'll take care of it. We'll take care of it. But you're right. I mean, this has lasted two years in in our industry and it's very possible that people could go out of business from this. So I a hundred percent agree. I think there's a fine line between um, you know, that's why we have contracts for a reason, right? They protect us, they protect our clients. Um, so I, I 100% agree yeah. that you, you have to just, it, it's, you you take it situ- situationally. Um, and a lot of the points we talk about here are, are things that are beyond the pandemic, but um, so much of this has has come up this year because of that. Yeah. And we're just helping people get a get a good understanding of, you know, putting people over profit is important, but don't, don't put yourself out of business. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yes. Yes. You have to do it smart and there's ways to do it smart and there's ways to serve. Um, but as your business grows, right, you might have to adjust it a little bit. We're, we're, we'll talk about more of that too, but, um, you're totally right. You have to think like a business owner. Yeah, for sure. So, so how do you recommend we create these relationships and sort of connect with our customer base? Yes. Okay. So that is something that is one of my expertise is creating connections with my couples, right? With my bride. So first tip on creating connections, creating relationships is I want you to stop worrying listeners here. I want our listeners to stop worrying about our follower count right now. Stop worrying about that number next to your name. I've built this business with less than 2000 followers on Instagram because I focus on connections on that relationship building with the people right in front of me. So instead of constantly chasing new followers, right? I want you to just for a second, not worry about it and zone in and focus on the people you have right in front of you. And next, I want you to just show up on your pages, right? Show your face, share your hobbies. If you're comfortable with it, introduce your family. I think people connect with people and they they love and they trust people, right? Mm-hmm. So the whole this is a whole other strategy that we can dive into. But basically what I do to connect with my couples is I do this in three steps. Number one, I show up on my page more than just what I sell. So my couples get to know me and not just the invitations, right? They see my family, they know our dog, they see behind the scenes, they see my struggles and my triumphs, right? I want you to really think about how to, how you show up in your business beyond just what you sell. Then the next step I do, this sounds obvious, but I get this content visible, right? I do this by showing up on my pages, of course, show up in, you know, emails and in my business, but I also show up, I think about where couples are hanging out. So this could be Facebook groups, right? For example, or this could be, I use Facebook advertising. Um, So basically how I use this is I 
or I boost my post for, you know, very little one to $2 a day. And I'll boost the post. And the only goal of this is to get people seeing your stuff. So it's not necessarily to get bookings from this. It's just to get people warmed up to your content, right? So step one was showing up on your page beyond just what you sell. So they can form a connection with you. Step two is making the content visible, right? I do this by just boosting the post to engaged couples in my area, very little budget. And then step three, is you get right in front of them as they're ready to make a decision. So an an example of this is how I do this in my business is I do a lot of shows. I do a lot of bridal shows. They're my number one lead generator. And what happens at these shows is people walk by my booth and I hear them say to their, you know, fiance or say to their family, Oh, I've heard of her. I saw her stuff on Facebook. She has the cutest dog. Right. And I need to check this out. And then they come and they stop by my booth and they're already warmed up to the content. I talk so much about warming up your leads. That's how you do it. You show up on your page, you get it in front of them, and then you get right in front of them when they're about to to make a decision. So I schedule between 30 and a 30 and 40 appointments a show, and we average about 25K per show. So this stuff works, I'm telling you. you got to warm up the lead before you're right in front of them. So that's how I create the connections, create the relationships um, with, with potential couples. Yeah. So how many shows do you do a year? So pre-pandemic, I would do one a month. I really, that was when I talked about what worked in my business and I would go all in, it was the bridal show. So I would do one a month pre-pandemic, but a lot of things have changed. Of course, you know, shows were canceled. Um, I had my son in September, 2020. So things have changed. So I still do shows um, when they happen. Usually it's like one every three months or so, but pre-pandemic, I would do one a month because once you start, um, once you do one, right. And you get your setup your, your show set up down, you get um, like your, you know, everything down of how you're going to do the show. They run pretty smoothly after that. Yeah, that's cool. And you're in yeah. Niagara Falls. Like where, I mean, just to like pick your brain, like where are you going? Are you staying local or are you traveling across the country? So I'm staying local. All of my shows are local. Um, so I'm in Niagara Falls. So a lot of our shows are either in Buffalo or Rochester. Um, there's some in Syracuse too, but I really don't venture off that far. I don't need to because there's there's quite a few shows right here locally. Um, there is shows across the border too. Niagara Falls, Canada is only 10 minutes from us too. So I could go there, but I don't just because that gets into you know international shipping and all that kind of stuff. So I stay local. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, I saw this whole 60 Minutes thing about a town um, in Canada that gets all the shipping from America and then they were closed during the pandemic and it's just overrun with packages. So you definitely don't want to get into that situation. (laughs) Yes, yes. It's been so hard not to change the subject, but with the border closed, it's been so hard. So we are right on the border. Um, We're about, like I said, 10 minutes from the bridge. So a lot of our like a lot of our friends are in Canada. Um, a lot of my couples have family in Canada. So even though weddings can happen again, like some, some of my couples, like the, you know, the bride or the groom or their whole family's in Canada and they finally, the borders just opened up. So, um, thank goodness for that, but it's been, it's been a challenge, something that we definitely did not expect. Yeah. So what if you're listening and you're like, I don't want to do a bridal show and I, you know, I can show up on my page and I can boost my post What else would, would you suggest? So this concept of showing up on your page, creating connections, then 
getting visible, right? Then showing up where, when they're ready to buy can be translated to anything. It does not have to be a show. I talk a lot about bridal shows because they a hundred percent work for me and I've mastered how to do them. So I, I love to to show other people how to do them. So that's just one example, but you can do this. You can show up in people's inboxes, right? I do um, like a date-based email sequence. So I I put people into my email service provider based on their wedding date. And I have an automated sequence based on their wedding date. So I know kind of when they would be ready to start planning um, invitations, for example. Photographers can do this too. You kind of know the timeline. So that's the idea of showing up when they're ready to buy. You warm up the lead. And then when they're ready to buy, you're strategically right there. So you can do this in any, any way I can schedule appointments at our grocery store, right? Cause people are warmed <laughs> up to me. They've heard of me. They know me, right? I show up invisible. So it doesn't have to be a bridal show. You can take these concepts and translate them into anything in your business. I love that. Yeah. We actually have a good, a couple good podcasts about um, creating email sequences. So you guys can find that in the show notes and, and listen to those. If you're like, Oh, maybe I'll do that. And we can help you with that too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So I always love, you know, uh, providing tangible tips and you said you've got a bunch for us. So I would love for you to share, you know, your tangible tips and actual advice for our listeners to sort of, you know, work on this philosophy, put people over profit and maybe just help them in their business and help them grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about when and how to serve. So we talked, Janae and I talked about not going out of business doing this, right? So I will explain um, how to do this, how to serve when it doesn't cost you a ton of extra money. So this is one rule of thumb I follow still to this day. If I have a choice to serve and it doesn't cost me a ton of extra money and I have the opportunity to serve, I absolutely will do it. So early on in my business, I would serve my clients. I would put people over profit with my time, right? So rather than offering discounts or extra products, I would offer things like unlimited revisions or custom design. It was more I would serve with my time rather than with money because we needed to make money, right? And save as much as we could to get this business off the ground. So some things that I adopted early on in my business that cost us very little or no money, I still use today. So some, I'll kind of go down this list and this is in my wedding stationary business. So photographers listening, other wedding professionals or wedding pros, we can brainstorm too, Janae, if you have some ideas for photographers, but I'll kind of go down the list of things that I've done to put people over profit. Um, and, and you could adapt this to your businesses. So number one, I had mentioned, I do custom design at no charge. So this is something that like, if they wanted, um, you know, a specific type of floral on their invitation, that's custom design, no charge. Um, I for unlimited revisions. So a lot of times places will do three rounds of revisions and then you get invoiced for additional rounds of revisions. I flipped that and I said unlimited revisions. So yes, it does not give me the opportunity to send another invoice, right? But I'm putting people over profit. I'm allowing them to have fun with their experience, to have unlimited revisions. It takes so much stress off of me because I don't have to nail it, right? The first time we can keep tweaking, we can have fun with it. So unlimited revisions. Um, Another way that I put people over profit is I offer their digital artwork and the fonts free of charge. 
right? If it's a font that I've purchased, that's another story. I have to I have to walk them through getting a license for that. But my digital artwork, I will offer it to them. So I'll say if they if they mention something like, oh, I love this monogram, I'd love to put it on my cake. I'd say, here's the digital file, right? Again, it's an opportunity to send an invoice. But instead of sending that $50 invoice for that monogram, I'm using that as an opportunity to serve, an opportunity for them to have an experience with me that they'll remember. They'll remember like, Lindsay was so nice. She sent me this monogram I could use on my cake, right? So little examples like that, right? Um, another example is I actually teach my clients how to DIY certain things um, that I absolutely sell. So like belly bands or ribbon or wax seals. If we're in an appointment and they have a certain budget and we, you know, we go over everything they want and say they wanted wax seals and ribbon, I will say to them, this is something you can absolutely DIY and I'll help you. I'll teach you how to do it. I'll tell you where to get the supplies. I will help you. Sounds backwards, right? You're like, why would you give that information away if that's something you sell? I do that because after the appointment, I almost always get the sale. I might lose out on the upsell, but I get the sale in the end because of that relationship, because of that trust building. And actually, in the end, Janae, the job is more profitable for me because I'm not sitting there doing wax, like hand doing wax seals, right? I'm saving time. So the overall job is more profitable for me. They feel good. They're excited. I get the sale, right? Right. Yeah. So that's another way. And I'm, I'm actually also doing this right now in my coaching too. So if I sell a 60 minute coaching call, I will absolutely go two hours if I'm on a roll and we're brainstorming. And I, of course I respect their time. I stop at 60 minutes and I'm like, do you want to keep going? Do you want to keep chatting? Right. And if they can't, we jump off. But if we're on a roll and they need more help, I will absolutely go two hours. I will absolutely, because that's how I serve with my time right now. As this business grows, as this coaching venture grows, I won't always be able to do that. But right now I can, I can, that time is so well spent serving your clients. We spend an hour scrolling through Instagram at night, right? We don't think anything of it. But when I tell people like, oh, I'll go two hours on a 60 minute coaching call. They're like, why, why would you not invoice for that? I'm like, it's serving your clients, putting your clients first. Yeah, totally. I think for, you know, I was thinking about for photographers, you know, we definitely can't do unlimited hours. Like it's just not possible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, I highly do not recommend that. Yeah, do not. <laughs> you know, I think adding another hour um, is always like a nice touch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if as a sort of if a client is going with you and they're toying between 10 or nine hours and they have a tighter budget, like throwing in an extra hour because you're already going to be there. Like it's not. Mm-hmm. An engagement session that's not a rehearsal dinner, you know, that doesn't cost you anything because you're already there. It might cost you the second shooter, but whatever you're paying, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a small, a nominal fee to give them like a better, to capture their day a little bit better, like giving them a full rounded story versus like missing most of the dancing or, or you're not getting the detail. So I always, you know, in the beginning for me, I would definitely add in my time being hourly instead of, you know, um, additional sessions and stuff like that. So I think for photographers, that might be a great thing. Or I know a lot of people like to do prints. Um, Mm -hmm. They like to add additional prints or like thank yous to their couples. Um, Because as a photographer, we get a nice discount on prints. 
but our clients, you know, they pay, they pay the retail. So it's like a nominal fee, but to give them a beautiful experience at the end where maybe it's a framed photo or like a nice keepsake for the parents. Like that's always like a nice way just to put a nice sort of bow on the whole experience. Yes. I love that idea. I love that idea. And that reminds me of something my um, florist did when we were getting married. So this is another little tip that I, I give my students, but something she did, and I will never forget this, Janae, she, so when I sat down with all of my vendors as a bride, when we were planning our wedding, I would tell them, I would say, okay, I'm going to put like my dream list here, right? We'll see what the, what the cost is. Then we may have to cut out some stuff. So I would get, I gave her my dream list and on this list were floral crowns for the, the flower girls. I thought they were so cute. I'm like, oh, these would be adorable. So we get the, the proposal back or she does the quote. We're all sitting there and the floral crowns pushed it over the edge of our budget wasn't a huge deal for me. So I'm like, okay, like we can, we can cross those out. You know, that was definitely an extra thing. Um, we can cross those out. So I crossed out the floral crowns all was well. I got to my wedding day and the, she comes and she's dropping off the bouquets and she pulls out this box. I could, I literally had goosebumps. I cried of these beautiful little floral crowns for the girls. And I cried right then. Janae, I was like, Oh my goodness, you remembered and you did this. And I don't know how much it cost her. Like, of course it was a cost, right? She did not do those for free. Of course it was a cost, but that is something that I remember to this day. And I've probably sent her 50 couples, right? Every appointment. If someone's like, I'm still looking for florists, I will absolutely recommend her. I tell the story about the floral crowns. I'm like, Teresa was the best. She did this for us. I look at pictures of the crowns. I remember her. Like it's little things like this. Think about, listen to your clients as they're talking. What lights them up? right? What is something that either maybe they, they wanted, right? But they had to take away or what are their pain points? Like, is it time? Is it um, like resources, right? What is a way you can serve them that's unique to them? That's going to brighten their day, improve their experience. So that was an example. You made me think of it, but um, that our florist did. And I, I still remember it. it was the best. That's awesome. That's so sweet. You know, I mean, you probably already bought the flowers, just took her the time to make the crowns, but you clearly remember and love her for that. And it's touched you in a way that you refer her and you are in the wedding industry. So she's probably like, that was the best, you know, $30 yes. I ever spent. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so now I have all these referrals from this amazing bride. So that's awesome. I love hearing yeah, Exactly. Oh. And and I actually budget for this stuff too, Janae. So like I, I talked about how in the beginning of my business, I would serve that things that didn't cost us money. So I would serve more with my time because I had more of it in the beginning of my business. Now I have less time, right? I, I do want to preference that you do have to be careful, right? You can't just give away all your time. You do have to be careful. So really think about creative ways that you can serve or even not even ways that you can serve, but when you're faced with a decision. So I get a lot of my students say to me, I get situations they come to me and they're th this for invitations, for example, they say, we printed a whole invitation suite. The bride spelled her dad's name wrong. I'm making this up, but like there was a, an error in the suite. Right. And the stationers are like agonizing over reprinting the invitation. They're like, what do I do? My contract says they're responsible for the proofs. Do I reprint? Do I not? And I'm like, absolutely reprint, reprint, because they're going to tell 
they're going to remember how you serve them well. And don't do this without gently reminding them, like, I'm so sorry that neither of us caught that in the proofing process. Um, I'm, I can absolutely reprint this for you. I know in our contract, it states that you're responsible for this. I don't, I, you know, word it as if they, they realize that you're doing this for them, but don't sweat this little stuff. That $100 or $200 that it costs to reprint is so worth it in the long run. So worth it in the long run. You can't do it all the time, but it won't happen all the time. Right. These opportunities that it does happen, I don't want you to sweat it. I don't want you to agonize over it. Serve your clients well. Put your people over profit in situations like this. Um, and it will pay off 100%. You will never, ever, ever hurt your business by serving your clients. I love that. Oh, that's such a good note to end on. Lindsay, this yeah. is amazing. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun, Janae. I have had such a pleasure sitting down with you. Yeah, me too. Well, let's tell everybody where they can find out more about you, your services, and say hello online. Yes, of course, of course. I would love to chat more about this topic or anything if anyone has questions. So you can find me at lindsayjwilliams.com. That is my main site. There are a ton of freebies and resources there for wedding pros. So be sure to go and grab those. The direct URL to all of my resources is lindsayjwilliams.com slash freebies, a bunch of guides, templates. So those are fun. Go there, grab them. Um, I also have a private Facebook group called Build and Scale Your Wedding Business. All are welcome to join. That link is lindsayjwilliams.com slash group. And my podcast is called Build That Business. So definitely come on over and tune in, Janae. I'd love to have you on the show. Shameless little plug and request. This was so much fun. I'd love to have you on if you wanted to hop on with me and we could chat again. Of course. Um, yes, well, <laughs> Thank Thank you. <laughs> so much fun. And then my Instagram is Miss Lindsay J. Williams and my Facebook is Lindsay J. Williams. So there's where you can find me. This was so, so much fun, Janine. Thank you again. Ah, uh, this is awesome. Thank you, Lindsay. Yeah, I would love to be a guest. Thank you so much. And you guys can click on all the links right now. Just swipe up on the show notes. Let Lindsay know you listened to today's episode and be sure to say hello online. Lindsay, thank you so much. And I hope you come back soon. Thank you again tonight. Well, that's it you guys thanks so much for listening thank you Lindsay, for being our incredible guest today it was so nice getting to chat with you and if you guys want to find out more about Lindsay and her services swipe on up click those show notes and let her know you listened to today's episode thanks for listening and i can't wait to share our next cup of tea together bye you guys